Welcome to the Orton Gillingham Podcast. Today we're chatting with Jackie Moreno about all things certification. Jackie started her career at BrainSpring in 2015 as a tutor. She went on to become an instructor and coach before starting her current role as BrainSpring Certification Practicum Supervisor. She earned her bachelor's degree in education from Central Michigan University and her Master of Arts in Teaching from Oakland University. Prior to joining BrainSpring full-time, Jackie worked as a teacher, interventionist, and most recently as the curriculum coach in a K-8 school where she worked with K-8 students in reading intervention groups. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, thank you so much for having Yay, me. Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Jackie. So nice to be here with all of you. Not only is Jackie our certification guru, but she's adored by everybody. She's the sweetest person Aww. on the planet, probably. <laughs> so we're very excited you're that smiling. you're here. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. It's easy <laughs> to always smile when I work with all of you. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> You're the so cutest. sweet, my <laughs> I love it. No, but I think you're the perfect person to run certification because it's such a complicated process. It can be such a complicated process and you have the most patience and people will ask you, you know, all of these questions and they'll they'll ask you the same things over and over and I'm like you're the perfect person to <laughs> to deal with everything because you're so kind and helpful mm -hmm. and everyone's like oh she was so wonderful during the process it was just it made it so easy mm -hmm. for me so <laughs> I had a teacher in one of my trainings that was just saying she asked she stayed after class and said um I have to do I am getting observed for my certification and I'm so nervous and you know, I, I, you know, and I said, well, who's observing you? And she said, Jackie. And I said, ah, oh, don't worry. You will be, feel so comfortable. She's so sweet and kind. So yeah, you have a, that's good. We need a person like you in that role for sure. Calm people down. Yeah, and as part of that, and I might be getting ahead of myself as part of the process, we do uh, final lessons and people are always mm -hmm. so nervous to do the final lesson because they have to present, they're given a scenario and they have to present a lesson like mm -hmm. uh, you're the student mm -hmm. and uh, like the instructor is a student. And, um, you know, I, I was nervous for mine. I had to go mm -hmm. through it. And always at the end, because we would do them together for a little while, always at the end, they were like, this was so much better than I thought. You are just so kind. Uh, I just feel so supported. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, this was very different from what I thought it was going to be. So uh, anyway, we love you. <laughs> well, thank you. We love you, I Jackie. love all of you. <laughs> All right, now we should get okay, down to get going. <laughs> Enough of this. Enough talking about how much we love it. <laughs> so when we're in trainings, as part of it, as instructors, we have a part at the end of the course that says, you are now, you know, ready to take the path to certification. And all of those emails go to you. So when 
um, you get an email from somebody, how does that process start for certification and what does it kind of entail? Well, when I first get an inquiry email, um, I send all the information um, about the certification process. Um, so it's kind of a lengthy email, um, which also has the certification guide attached and the prerequisites that are required before starting the final piece, which is the certification practicum. Um, so I first give the teacher all of that information um, so that he or she knows exactly everything that's going to be involved in certification um, before we then start the certification process. And then like, what's the first steps? What do they have to do? Because I know that there's, there's multiple parts to it and there's prerequisites and then they have, um, they have the practicum portion of it. So what are some of the things that they have to get done before they start their practicum? Sure. So to become certified, there is required coursework that needs to be completed. Um, there's also written and practical exams that go along with that coursework that's completed. And then a supervised teaching practicum. So the first step is taking a level one course. This could either be our phonics first level one course or our structures level one course. Um, and both of our courses are doubly accredited and they teach either the phonics first or structures program and then how to implement that into classrooms. Our phonics first level one course is for teachers who teach kindergarten through fifth grade. And then our structures level one course is more for teachers who teach either middle or high school level. They both cover the, the same phonics skills and use the same methods throughout the lessons, the same teaching methods. But structures goes um, also into morphology and talks about Greek and Latin roots and affixes along with that phonics instruction. And Esther is kind of our structures guru. Not only does she teach it all the time, but she's like the creator. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> like, no. Well, I'm sorry. She's like a co-creator. Well, I, I, I mean, priority one, but she, on, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, even the initial one, and then we just recently updated it and man, you guys did an amazing job on that, but maybe like, what's the different, like, what do you think sets apart the phonics first from the structures? Phonics first and structures have the same base. I mean, the basic part of it is the phonics piece of it. So we call in structures, we call that phonics piece, the skill portion. And then we add on the Greek and Latin roots. And the whole reason that Lori, that Lori Wagner wrote this was because, you know, there are those older kids who still need phonics instruction. But when you present phonics instruction to older kids, sometimes they feel a little bit, you know, embarrassed that they have to learn that, or they feel like it's a babyish, and they feel a little insulted even sometimes when you try to teach them um, skills that they probably could have learned in first grade or kindergarten. So what Lori did was take that phonics instruction and and kind of made it more age appropriate for middle school and high school, and even upper L. We have a lot of fifth grade teachers that take the structures course too. And it just makes it more age appropriate. We use different language. You know, we don't call it a magic E. We call it a silent E and we don't call it a bossy R. We call it a R controlled vowel. And 
and we use terms like morphology and morphemes and affixes and just the whole point of teaching a root. You know, they have to have the phonic skills in order to read the root, but we're taking it a step further and, and talking about meaning. And that's the really fun part of that course is um, learning about the history of our language even. And just that's not babyish when you say we're going to study Greek and Latin roots and morphology, you know, and they really like that. They really enjoy, you know, learning to learning to read that way because uh, it's more more at their level. You know, and it's so effective. It's so effective. They love it. I mean, I wish, I mean, I was very lucky. I wasn't a struggling reader. I was just, you know, Mm -hmm. your average Joe, but I wish I had had something like that Mm -hmm. because it was, when I took the course, it's so interesting. And so many things as an adult click to me. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's why that says that. And, and also, Greek and Latin. yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it helps kids to see also that, you know, learning these types of things about our language is not just something that happens in English class. You know, they're going to go all of a sudden go to math class and recognize a root that they learned in English, or they're going to go, you know, w- when they're taking their SATs, they're going to have vocabulary on there and they're going to recognize a whole bunch of roots that they learned. And that's going to help them get the right answer. And so it's, it's not in a vacuum. It's, you know, it's out there. And one thing I always recommend for teachers to do is um, tell, ask the kids to, if they see a root or a morpheme outside of English class, to jot it down and keep a, keep a list of all those things that they're going to see and learn. And now they're going to understand things when they see them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a really, really fun, fun course. And so many people helped out with the, with the uh, structures program. I mean, Ingrid Hartig helped so much. Carol Garner, of course, Lori Wagner was, you know, it's her program and she was instrumental in, you know, getting the whole thing even started. Also, uh, Tammy Brandon worked with us so much. So it was definitely a team effort and we all contributed uh, and we're really proud of the, of the whole program. It really was, but uh, I just wanted to give you kudos because well, it's you. amazing. Thank you. It really mm-hmm. is. It came out so well. Yeah, it's, it's really, it was really rewarding. So you had said there was uh, the level one courses and that could either be phonics first or structures. And then after they take that level one course, is there a follow-up to that? Yeah, so the next step after the level one course is taking the level two course. And the level two course delves deeper into the skills that are taught in level one um, to help strengthen and refine those skills. The course emphasizes instruction at all grade levels, um, especially for individual and small group instructional settings. And then another course that's required as part of the certification process is the phonological awareness workshop. And this workshop teaches the phonological awareness skills that are needed by all students um, of all ages to support reading development. So through this workshop, participants learn the continuum of skills that are needed for strong phonological awareness, how to assess those skills, um, and how to implement purposeful phonological awareness instruction into instructional settings. During the certification process, there's also written and practical assessments that go along with each course that's taken. And then before beginning the final step in the certification process, which is the supervised teaching practicum, 
certification candidates complete a final lesson and a sound check with an instructor. So for the final lesson, the certification candidate prepares and teaches a phonics first lesson to a BrainSpring instructor. And the purpose of this requirement is to, is to provide guidance and support in teaching phonics first lessons and to help set the certification candidate up for success when they begin their supervised practicum. The certification candidate also completes a sound check to ensure that accurate pronunciation of the sounds that are taught throughout the Phonics First program. And then after completing all of the uh, prerequisites, then the certification candidate is ready for the supervised practicum. They are paired with a BrainSpring practicum supervisor who is their mentor throughout the supervised practicum. And during the practicum, certification candidates teach individuals or small groups of students using the Phonics First or Structures program. They teach 60 hours of lessons, and a minimum of five of those lessons are observed by their practicum supervisor. Candidates receive ongoing and detailed feedback on all the lesson plans that they submit throughout the practicum and also on the lessons that are observed. During the practicum, they are in regular contact with their practicum supervisor and receive constant guidance and support throughout. And then once the practicum has been successfully completed, then the certification candidate is awarded a BrainSpring Orton-Gillingham Dyslexia Specialist Certificate. Woohoo! So when you were talking about uh, the practical exams and assessments, um, so what kind of exams do they have to take? Because they take the level one course and they take a level two course. So what kind of exams do they have to take? So the level one course and the level two course both have a written exam that um, practicum certification candidates would complete. And then the practical exam is that final lesson that they complete um, and also the sound check. Okay. And then you were talking about the phonological awareness workshop. Uh, do they, because we have a lot of out-of-state candidates, do they have to do that in person? They do not. Um, the phonological awareness workshop can always be taken um, either in person or online, whether it's through our live stream phonological awareness workshop or our self-paced workshop. To meet the standards of our accreditation, usually the level one and level two course both have to be taken in person. Um, and due to our current circumstances, um, that requirement has been amended by IMSLIC, um, our accrediting body. So right now, all of our, our level one and level two course can be taken through live stream. Um, and also the supervised practicum can be done remotely as well. Um, so right now, the entire certification process from the level one course through the practicum um, can all be completed online um, through December of next year. Oh, that's nice. You know, given the circumstances that they're willing to make that exception right now. And then our phonological awareness workshop was just updated. It used to be three hours and now it's four. And kudos to Angelina. Ooh. Yeah. Phonological guys, awareness. Guys, I say phonological awareness. Do I say it wrong? I yeah. Think I think I say it. Do I say it wrong? Do I? <laughs> I say it both well, ways, so well, I definitely I just, say it wrong because I say both. I say <laughs> well, I, it's probably just where you accent it. Fon right? phone, phone, phone. They're or where you is it? C H O N. That would be a closed syllable. Phone. It depends on. 
phonologic, phono. Phonologic. But then phonemic, well, I guess because that's. But it depends pho- on where you split it, right? Phonological, yeah. phonological. Okay, can someone in the audience <laughs> please syllabicate the word phonological? But so I get why like, with our I voice. think either one is correct. Like if you say syllabicate or syllabicate. Oh. So I oh, think okay. either one is right. So I don't I know. Have a question. I don't know either. Are. I have a question. So Jackie, do you think because of the current situation with people, you know, teaching from home, maybe some people working from home, are they, are there more um, applications for certification right now? Because it may be more convenient for them because they're home. Absolutely. Um, I think it's more convenient because they can do everything online. Um, We have teachers all over the country who become certified through us and sometimes finding a course, especially um, courses that aren't held as often, like our level two course, it can be hard to find ones that are gonna be held in person in a place where um, they could easily get to. So having it right now, being able to do everything online um, really makes it much more convenient. And I have been receiving a lot of um, inquiries and applications, um, I think because of the the convenience of it right now. Mm -hmm. I think people love the course so much. I mean, every single, Mm -hmm. at the end of every course, they always say, how do I get certified? I mean, I, I think people just love it so much. It sells itself. And now you're going to need an assistant because I don't know how you're going to keep up with this. Um, You know, Jackie, I was just wondering, it might be a good idea for you to explain in a little bit more detail what that sound check is. Like, how do you go about doing a sound check? Sure. So the sound check includes a majority of the sounds that are taught throughout the Phonics First program. And so the certification candidate receives a list of those sounds and they go through that list and pronounce each sound for me. And during the sound check, I'm making sure that accurate sounds are being pronounced, that very clipped sounds are being pronounced, um, so that those sounds that we're teaching to students sound just like how we want them to produce those sounds mm-hmm. to support their reading and spelling. Mm-hmm. So you do, do you kind of just give them sort of like a kind of looks like that phoneme grapheme chart. So you give them the grapheme and then they have to produce the sound that the grapheme makes. Yeah, so they have a list of sounds from all four different layers in mm-hmm. the Phonics First program. And depending on the layer, it might say, it might show the letter O and say to give the short sound because it's ah, layer okay. one. Mm-hmm. But then in layer two, they have to say all the sounds that the letter oh, O could okay. make. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, good, all right. What about when they say it wrong? I'm just kidding. Yeah, do you, do you do? Do you like my dad always says? He goes, eh, <laughs> "Thanks for playing." And that used to, as a child, give me so much anxiety <laughs> oh. because I'd, he'd go, "Hey, do you know blah blah blah?" And then if I got it wrong, <laughs> "Thanks for playing," and I'd be That's like, "Awesome." Oh, my stomach. Um, Meanwhile, my no. dad, my dad would just throw his hands up in the air, like, "What have I taught you?" <laughs> Which is also anxiety, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, right. yeah. But um, yeah, if they get something something wrong, like on their sound check or their exam, they don't have to worry that you know they're out for good, right? 
I mean, what what do they do in a situation like that? For the sound check, if there are some sounds that they miss, I always review them with them during that time and just go over what those sounds would say or how they should be more accurately pronounced. Um, there is always the option to redo parts of the sound check. Um, so there, I might have them meet with another instructor and go through some of those sounds that they missed, um, but giving them the opportunity to review and practice those sounds before they come back and, and reassess the sound check. Same thing with the final exam. If there are parts of the exam that maybe seem like some additional review might be needed, um, then a certification candidate may watch some of our e-learning videos or may meet with an instructor to review some of those concepts um, and then have a chance to retake that, that exam again. Yeah, and then they have their whole practicum to kind of focus on that and practice it, right? So it might be something that they have to really focus on during that time. Absolutely. And I always tell certification candidates that during the final lesson. As you said, Katie, it can be really nerve wracking when someone's watching you <laughs> teach. Um, and so I always tell certification mm -hmm. candidates that the whole purpose of that is to provide any support that's needed or to answer any questions um, that they have. And then yes, during the practicum, if there's certain areas that they don't feel completely confident or comfortable with, the practicum supervisor knows to really hone in on those parts of the lesson and make sure that they provide enough support to help the candidate feel more comfortable with each part of the lesson. I think you're really good at that. And I think it's also important for anyone who might be listening who wants to go through certification to know we want you to mm -hmm. do well. We want you to get certified. We want you to be successful. Mm -hmm. So um, like all the instructors and people who are the practicum supervisors, we're there to really support you and help you because mm -hmm. we want you to be successful. Yeah. And, you know, we don't take pleasure in saying anything mm -hmm. is wrong. Yeah, there's no tricks. You know? We're not trying to and, trick you. No, yeah. no, no. And so I think it's important to know that we're excited for, you know, mm -hmm. people to go through the process and want them mm -hmm. to do well. So, yeah. and I think you're really good at setting that up before the practicum because you meet with them. You're pretty much the only person mm -hmm. that meets with them at this point right before that happens. And I think that sets them up for success in their practicum because they feel, you know, confident that they can ask questions and that you're, mm -hmm. you're there for them for that reason. Yeah. To help you know, them. talking about the candidate, um, that kind of, um, who is the, who is the candidate for, for certification? I mean, who is the, who, what kind of people, um, or teachers or people in specific, um, yeah. You know, roles in school. Who's the candidate for certification? So certification could really be for various educators. The certification practicum mostly focuses on teaching students in individual or small group settings who are struggling with reading. So it may be more special education teachers or interventionists. Certification is really for various educators. While the certification practicum mostly focuses on teaching students in individual or small group settings who are struggling with reading, the skills and teaching methods implemented can benefit all students.
Going through the certification process provides knowledge, support, and guidance in delivering explicit, structured, multi-sensory instruction, teaching methods that have been proven to work for every student. For educators who work with students in individual or small group settings, the certification provides support for delivering effective instruction that is driven by diagnostic and continual assessment. Instruction that is designed for their specific students and really focuses on the specific skills necessary to support their students' reading progress. But for general education teachers, it provides instruction and teaching methods that all of the students in their classroom could benefit from. But it's also those methods that are crucial for those students in their classroom who are just struggling with learning how to read. I think that just to kind of piggyback off of what Esther was saying, because just because I've had a lot of conversations with you, Jackie, about certification, I think when we first started this process, it was really interventionists and um, special educators because they work with K mm-hmm. through 12 students mm-hmm. and that level two and the description of it, that course is saying, you know, this is intended so that you can work with any learner that you come across. And, and so even if you're an elementary teacher, you know, you're taking the course so that what if you work with somebody mm-hmm. who's in high school, you know, but then, and I think you had kind of pointed this out to me, Jackie, but that that kind of has changed where we have more gen ed teachers mm-hmm. now taking the certification. And I think it's exactly what you were saying. It's being able to work with those kids in small group mm-hmm. in their classroom, because now the responsibility is more on the gen ed teacher to do those tier mm-hmm. two instruction, exactly. right? Or maybe... I think that's what you kind of had told me before. Is that right or am I making stuff up? <laughs> no, that is right. Yeah, there's been you know, various educators in you know multiple positions um, or in different positions that have pursued certification um, because absolutely, even though you know it does focus more on that small group instruction, like you said, Katie, that's happening in general education classrooms too. Um, mm-hmm. We're still meeting, you know, we're meeting with small groups in general education classrooms and working with those students who just need some additional practice or some uh, you know alternate methods to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can certainly benefit educators in a variety of positions. Mm-hmm. You know, what I have teachers ask me all the time is, what is this going to do for me? You know, what, okay, I'm going to get certified. How is this going to help me? Uh, Is it going to help me get a job? Is it going to, what's it going to do for me? I I hear that a lot. And I I never quite know exactly how to answer that. Yeah. Like what are the benefits? Because it is an investment Mm -hmm. and a financial investment and, but proving to them that it's a, you know, beneficial or an investment in other ways. So yeah, what would you, what would you tell us to yeah. tell those people? <laughs> Am I going to get a raise if I do this? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't work for your district. <laughs> oh, that's a great question. It's one that's very commonly asked um, because it, it's a valid question. What are the benefits there? It is a financial investment. It's also 
a big time investment. Um, so knowing the benefits is important before beginning the process. Mm-hmm. So there, there are a lot of benefits to certification. Uh, certification as uh, a BrainSpring Orton Gillingham dyslexia specialist is an internationally recognized certification that meets the requirements set forth by both the IDA, the International Dyslexia Association, and by IMSLIC, the International Multisensory Structured Language Education Council. And by obtaining this certification, it enhances your expertise in reading instruction and in effectively instructing students, especially students who are struggling with learning to read and students with dyslexia. A lot of teachers that I have worked with through the certification practicum have said just what a difference they have noticed in their instruction with their students who are struggling and just how helpful having this one-on-one support and guidance from a practicum supervisor just really help to enhance their skills um, while teaching their students. And then also with the BrainSpring certification, you're eligible for additional certifications as well. One of those certifications that you can receive is a Structured Literacy Dyslexia Interventionist certification. Um, This certification is provided through CERI, the Center for Effective Reading Instruction. And then another certification that you would be eligible for is a Certified Academic Language Practitioner Certification. And this certification is provided through ALTA, the Academic Language Therapy Association. Both of these organizations have their own exam that somebody would take to receive that additional certification. But having certification through BrainSpring makes you um, not only eligible to take those exams and receive those um, additional certifications, but it also prepares you with the knowledge and the practice um, to be able to complete those exams. And then I always tell teachers, too, that certification may open the door to a variety of other opportunities for them. Um, As new dyslexia laws continue to be implemented throughout the country, districts may be seeking dyslexia specialists or interventionists to have in their buildings. Um, And so having that certification may qualify them for positions such as those. And it's also great just to have on your resume. Um, It shows that you've put that dedication and effort and time into receiving this certification, which always looks really good. Yeah, and it proves that you're doing it with fidelity, right? Because, you know, you can take a level one course and a level two course, and I'm sure, you know, you're doing it great. And But like what you said, if you get that certification, it means somebody has been looking over your shoulder and you're doing this method with fidelity. Like you've earned that rank, so to speak. So you're kind of the expert on your campus, wherever you are. Yeah. I've seen too, or I've heard some, maybe some parents who have a teaching background, who took some time off to have some kids or a kid, and they realize their child has dyslexia and they really feel empowered to get certified on their own Mm -hmm. to be able to best you know, serve their child, teach their child or get them the support they need. I thought that was pretty cool. And they loved it. I have to say the teachers that go through this, I mean, they absolutely love the experience with you, Jackie, smiley face all around. (laughs) They, they love what they're learning. Like we say, we love to teach and we love to learn here at BrainSpring. Like they just love what they're learning. And um, also, I, as you're explaining this, I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if people who take our training really realize that 
you're already on the path to certification by just taking the first, the level mm-hmm. one. I know there's, you know, we, we talk about that at the very end of the course, mm-hmm. but yeah. And there's, it's awesome. there's even school districts that will pay for level two sometimes, you know? And so mm-hmm. if that's the case, I always try to encourage you might as well do it. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting all this instruction for, you know, at no cost. And so the, the other part of the investment, it just wouldn't be as, as high of an investment then, you know, but yeah, they do love it. They do. They are very mm-hmm. excited about it when they, when they hear about it. Well, yeah. And I, I really like what you said, Jackie, too, about, you know, when teachers are going through the process and they're like, wow, this having somebody give me this feedback and then applying it makes such a big difference. Mm-hmm. And their investment they see is the progress that they're kids are making. I love that you said that and that they feel that way because you don't know what you don't know, right? So they don't know what they're mm-hmm. missing and they take a level one course and and they're probably still doing a great job. But then when they go deeper into it and they get that feedback and you can see the difference that it makes mm-hmm. in your kids, mm-hmm. it really does make a big difference. And I, I like what you said about that because, you know, you think of benefits for yourself Mm -hmm. a lot, you know, I immediately was like, well, the financial Mm -hmm. investment (laughs) you're making, but really that is the benefit is how much Mm -hmm. it affects the kids and how you can Mm -hmm. see that. Yeah. It makes you a better teacher for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that goes back to what you had said, Katie, how we want teachers to be successful throughout this certification process. And not only do we want them to be successful, but if they're successful, then their students are. And so it just helps right. everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets certified. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, bye, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, bye, Jackie. Thank you for doing this. I know, you know, you probably weren't looking forward to it too much, but you did a great job. No, that was- no I was. Thank you for having me. It was nice to get to do one of these with you guys. Yeah, I think it's yeah. going to be really helpful for people. I think they're going to. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you all. Bye. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Thanks. Have a good Bye, night. Bye, Jackie. <laughs> Bye-bye. She's so sweet. I mean, I'm not just saying that for the podcast before when she was on there, but she is honestly the sweetest human being. Like, yeah. She doesn't have like a mean bone in her no, body. No. Yeah. She's so sweet. Perfect person to go to take, keep people through that process. The perfect person. I mean, really? Yeah. 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 And I think it's weird because we did it through tutoring and the process is different through tutoring. Yeah. Master guy and I got grandfathered. I got totally grandfathered in. I didn't even have to go through all of that stuff. So. Yeah. And our, and, and what we're trying to. (laughs) (laughs) Illegitimate. She has all of it. It was just, yeah, like, I mean, it's, you know. it's, they've just figured after 20 years, I probably have at least 60 hours of practicum time in, and I know how to do yeah. it. So I guess they, I just, I just remember being so nervous for my final lesson. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just remember yeah. feeling like, oh no, like there's so much we learn. Right. And then here you are like with a total stranger and yeah. You know, I was really glad that I got a chance to be a mentor and to take somebody through the practicum. Uh, I did that one time and that was really, I felt that was really helpful for me too. So I know, uh, you know, it helped me see the 
the process on from the other side. So that was a good thing, a good experience for me. I remember it was just, it was like, if I, if I goofed, if I made a small little goof, it was like a learning experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like mm-hmm. that was wrong. It was, yeah. I just learned more and more and more. And mm-hmm. yeah, I felt my process was, even though it was through tutoring, it, it's still the same requirements, but it's, it's very different with how it like kind of plays out, but it still felt the same as it does in the practicum, like for teachers, because it's that supportive nature. Jackie's really put all of this in place and really given it a process. And for outside teachers, because they don't have like a center to go to, like we did, you know, go and ask questions and things. It has to be super organized. And Jackie has just um, made it into a very organized process Mm -hmm. and she's just run Mm -hmm. with it. She's, she's Mm -hmm. great. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yay. All right, you guys talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye.